Welcome back to another episode of the Meaningful Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Denise, where we engage in meaningful conversation that stimulates the mind. Today, I will be addressing a very sensitive subject, and that is dealing with depression and how to help those in our lives that we love and care about deal with it on a day-to-day basis and equip them with the tools that they need in order for them to be successful and continue to be productive in society. Mental illness have taken such a toll on our society. 18.1 million Americans suffer from anxiety disorder. Another 10 million suffer from some sort of mood disorder. It is crippling our society every day and we could all see it right around us. Mental illness is not as apparent as we visualize it to be. It hides its ugly head behind a smile or a laughter but it eats away at one's soul. Mental health disorder is surrounded by so many stigma that it can cripple a person that truly suffering from the disease and that can be very dangerous in the long run. What I am hoping for this segment to achieve is to enlighten those that are still perplexed are confused about mental health disorder, what it does for those who suffer from it, and what we can do to help those who are victims of the disease. It is a huge problem in our society today, and we must tackle it head on and bring it to the forefront for all to see. Here to help shed some light is Alice Katz, a psychotherapist located in Fairfield County, Connecticut. Okay, my name is Alice Katz. I have a master's in counseling. I'm a psychotherapist. I've been in practice since 1979. Um, I'm 85. I have no health problems. I take no medication. I'm very calm all the time. I attribute a lot of it to my lifestyle, my attitude, and the way I eat. Um, I work at home. I see clients at home. I'm in Fairfield, Connecticut. Okay, Miss Kat. So, um, obviously, you have a lot of years of experience dealing with um, um, people that have mental health issues. Um, what do you think is the the biggest um, issues that our society face with tackling mental health? Well, I think most people, or not most, but many people have depression, and they don't know how to help themselves. A lot of a lot of people have low self esteem. Probably came from their upbringing, but that can cause all kinds of problems like anger, resentment, being paranoid being depressed. Um, A lot of people have anxiety, but very important for people to feel good about themselves and and look at their strengths, not their weaknesses. Uh, I am a, a cognitive behavioral therapist, which means I work on the thought processes that create emotions because I believe all emotions come from thinking. People have irrational ideas and then it creates a, a lot of irrational, they have, they, they focus on irrational thinking and it creates irrational ideas. Do you think that um, we as a society put so much um, emphasis and try to create this picture of perfection that is what's the leading cause of why people won't seek help and willing to admit that they have issues that they need to work out okay our society puts an emphasis on stereotypes uh i went to adopt a cat and there's a stereotype about a person my age should only have a senior cat which oh is my. a cat with a lot of a lot of problems I had to convince them that, that is I'm crazy. in shape. 
No, we have stereotypes. Um, and then we have, I had to convince them that I'm in good shape and that I had to designate someone like my daughter who would take the cat if I wasn't able to. And then they said, okay. Just to adopt uh, a cat? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, my. My cat is three years old, and um, I had to go through so much, fill out so many things. And, oh, yes, besides paying money. <laughs> um, there are stereotypes from all of the movies. Everybody in the films is beautiful. And so a lot of people see that, and then if they're not, they don't think they are, whether they are or not, that's what they're trying to live up to. That's a terrible way to go through life, to think that only appearance matters. There are not a lot of movies that stress character over appearance. As a young person coming up and um, seeing all of this, how do you um, gain a sense of good mental health and acceptance of yourself in a society that's so toxic and full of all these images that is geared towards perfection? Well, I put a big emphasis on parental upbringing. Parents need to stress the right things. If the parents are not stressing the right things, then the child will not, will grow up with the wrong ideas. Uh, all of the fashion industry now for years, emphasizes very slim bodies. The Barbie dolls, a person wouldn't exist that looks like that unless they're anorexic. Uh, there's so many things. And the main thing is to be what's called inner-directed. And can you um, just, yeah, just give me more information on that? That means you make your own decisions that are best for you, not what society says. There is so much wrong information. Um, if a person has a mental issue and goes to a psychiatrist, the psychiatrist doesn't always ask enough questions or consider, even a regular doctor, consider the person's body for the medication. A slim person needs less medication than a heavier person. Um, a person who has a small body or, or is elderly doesn't need or shouldn't have the same amount of medication as a younger person or someone who's heavier who is oblivious to side effects. Uh, there's so much that has to be done. And this whole thing about nutrition, there are plenty of articles online, but not enough. You, you, doctors are not trained in any way about nutrition. Not regular doctors and not psycho psychologists, not psychiatrists. Those play a role. So you give me an um, insight of what the role you think, um, particularly that nutrition play in having a good mental health. Well, I made a video about what I do, and it's mm -hmm. on Zoom, and it's all about what I don't eat. I don't eat things with a lot of sugar. I don't eat processed foods. I do have a lot of fiber. The whole point, emotionally, and when I work with clients who have maybe depression, I ask them, are you eating a lot of sugar? Because what that does, it lowers the blood sugar. When your blood sugar is not even, you get depressed, and that can't be ruled out. You can't just be handy an antidepressant because you're depressed without somebody looking at what the person is eating. I'm not saying a person can't get depressed anyway. They could, but it's important for a practitioner or even a family member to know what the cause is. And the problem in the whole medical community is cause is not an issue. Even the side effects are not an issue. They don't care in many cases. Do you think that um, 
society turn a blind eye when they see people act up and act out and just dismiss it um other than tackling the problem and saying you know what maybe this person really do need help and um let me offer it because there's such a um it's so hard i know for a lot of people that I speak to to come out and say you know what i really do suffer from depression i really do need help without someone else looking at them in a way like they're crazy or they're not normal in some way well actually in my town there's a lot of help and it probably is true everywhere they have a health department they have um things for people with mental health issues to call there's a hotline it, it, it and nobody would know it's not reported so i don't think that's a problem i think there is a lot of help out there the pro my problem is the kind of help, what they're doing, throwing medication at the people without going any further. Do you think that make the problem worse? Sometimes, because there are side effects. And the crazy thing is, a lot, maybe all medications, whether it's regular medication or psychological med medication, if you take it, it can give you the very symptom that you're taking it for. I watch TV, I see commercials, and they rattle off of these, these drugs for, could be a skin condition. And one of the side effects is to get a rash. I mean, how, how crazy is that? Yes, because I've seen um, medication where they say, you know, it might cause you to lose memory and so on and so forth. And I'm saying to myself, right. if there's such a possibility, why give that person that medication in the first place? Uh, well, but they're all like that. Yes. And the uh, psychological drugs pretty much make people very sleepy or zombie-like. And you're taking the drug so you can function. How can you function if that happens? So what is a, a solution, you think, uh, to this? Because obviously there's not any one easy fix to this problem. No, there isn't. But I recommend that everybody eat healthy. Uh, if I can do it and be in this condition at this age, I, I'm never tired and uh, I look much younger than I am and so forth. Anyone can do it. There's nothing unusual that I've done, except I lead a very structured life where I eat regular times, I sleep regular times. I mean, if you take care of your body, that includes your brain, and you're more likely to be in good shape. The other thing is, as I said, people need to work on their self-esteem. Yes. And that can be easily be done in, in group therapy or with a, a, a therapist who addresses that kind of thing. There are a lot of poor therapists, unfortunately, also. Um, mm. so, Which is sad I mean, because, I mean, you could be um, in such bad state and you're going for help. And then you think that you have someone that is equipped enough to help you with your problem, but instead make it worse. That's true. So you have people that supposedly probably have mental issues trying to assist someone that has mental issues. Exactly. Which is crazy within itself. There's, no, there's nothing required to rule them out. Do psychologists on a whole have to see someone every year to evaluate their own mental health in order for them to keep on practicing? Yes, but it, I, 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 I'm not a psychologist, oh. but judging by what I've seen, I would say they weren't uh, judged by their mental health so let me ask you first um the way i am seeing is that we might have to do an overall with therapists on a whole and how they practice and their methods before we could fully solve the problem of so much people having anxiety and depression in society and who's really equipped to treat them 
Yes, but I don't think it's going to happen because we live in a, in a corporate society where money rules. There's a lot of money in all of this. So, so what do you think is the future of um, this mental health? And how will it get better in society? Will the problem be solved more, or it's just going to keep on escalating more and more? Are we going to see people act out and don't know how to fully control their emotions, or people equipped to help them co control their emotion? Well, it's hard to answer because I don't know about the future. But unless there are major changes, I don't think anything is going to change in that area. And as far as why there are more people with problems, um, when I was growing up, there was not a lot of divorce. It was frowned upon, and it was like a horror if somebody in the family got divorced. That's not true now. Now it's nothing to it. Everyone's getting divorced, um, which causes a lot of problems for the children, and it's traumatic and so forth. So a lot has changed in our society, not necessarily in the right way. It's sort of laissez-faire now. Any, anything goes, and that includes using foul language. Uh, I worked with a lot of parents who couldn't discipline their kids because they didn't know how to say no. That's very bad. The kids grow up and they're out of control as adults. Um, hardly anybody is teaching the kids to be well-behaved and uh, be what I called inner-directed when they grow up. Um, it, people in general are conformists. People want to do what everybody says is the way to dress, to talk, where to go, and so forth. It takes a lot of courage to be an inner-directed person and to say, no, I don't approve of that, I'm not going to do it, because you can be ostracized, so you have to be pretty strong. Yes. And the method I use for, for my counseling is what I said, um, the cognitive, to teach people that their ideas may be out of, out of reality, not... It may be unrealistic, and people are walking around with loads of unrealistic ideas, and yes. that can't work. Wow. Well, thank you so much um, for okay. your insight. I, I I learned a lot just by listening to you, and I can see that you're filled with so much knowledge, and I definitely um, believe that there's not just a one thing to fix this problem, but it's definitely a big problem in our society because we're seeing it more and more every day. People acting out, grown people do not know how to control their own emotions, Um you would expect but they don't because they have had such trauma in their lives and never truly dealt with it um so i thank you for your time and um the education that you're willing to give to the public on what you feel could be some solutions to the problem um thank you very much allison Katz. i definitely appreciate it okay it's Alice. Thank you so much. My next guest is Alicia Marim, and she is here to answer a few questions for us. She has suffered from depression for nearly a decade now. Welcome, Alicia Marim. Hi, thanks for having me. All right, so my first question is, what have been some of your remedies that helped you come out of some of your episode of depression? Okay, so I really, really have a strong belief in God, and so I pray a lot. Mm -hmm. I love to dance. I read and I have a small family, so I like to spend time with my girls. Right. And also, I love antique stuff. So I can go to Goodwill or wherever there's an antique store, and I just look around, check out labels, and just do that so I can take my mind off of anything that's negative. So those are some of the things that I usually do. So your girls are like your some of your, your remedy, could be a remedy for getting you out of a, um, a bad mental state. Yes. 
which is really this is really cool um i i like that because we have to look outside of ourselves right exactly yeah. and when you're feeling when you're in an uh, episode or a, a depressive mood or mode, then you try to think of ways to get out of it. And my kids are one of the ways. Even speaking with my friends and just having talking to someone always helps. Because it's a releaser, because you could voice out to someone else. Exactly how I'm feeling, what's going on with me. Uh, even though this might seem strange, if I'm listening to someone else's problem and then I can help them with theirs, um, some of their problem is my problem. Then I'm giving them feedback and they're replying to me and that also helps because you're feeding off of someone else yes sort out uh, some of the confusion uh-huh which is cool okay what's some of your lowest moment look like dealing with depression both physically and mentally like just give us a picture of like how is it when you're so low how do your body feel how do you move it feels heavy like literally i cannot get out of bed all my windows are closed it's dark in my room and i physically cannot get up out of bed i get a migraine it's everything all it's just it's a sense of i cannot get up or i'm feeling so so down that no matter what anybody is saying i'm not able to recover physically i cannot move you know I have to call out of work and i've heard that before people saying that they lock themselves in the room they close all the curtains they don't let any light in which is you yeah. know that's like signify how dark that moment is absolutely and then mentally in your brain you're saying you need to get up you need to go to work you need to go take a shower you need you need to do all of this but your body is just not responding your body's not interacting with what your brain needs with you to your do brain telling me to and i'm saying okay i need to get up and do this and like i just cannot get up so that's some of those so there's a disconnect moments. between the brain and your body exactly yeah your body's going somewhere else while your brain is trying to to bring you somewhere else and it's not connected a disconnect but yeah it's like a the dark period where physically you cannot do anything you cannot get up you just can't do nothing and that's sometimes you just have to cry so i'll cry out and then i'll pray sometimes it's the words are not coming out but in my mind i'm saying it okay lord just give me the strength for me to get up just take care of me get rid of these dark thoughts that i'm having and yeah so after you pray do you you feel a little bit better usually yeah usually i do and i enjoy candles so i can feel you can feel when like one of those moves is coming on it's just a, it's just like an overwhelming feeling of sadness right and so how do you so when you feel those mood is um coming on do you quickly um try to go for one of your remedies to just snap out of it Sometimes you try, but sometimes it's just... It overpowers you? It overpowers you. Sometimes I can't do nothing. And so that's why it's also important. People are saying that even though we're not even talking about suicide, but this way sometimes when people are not able to control, that's how suicide is able to happen so quickly because it's just these thoughts take over and you can't control it. And that's it's what I want to bring aware to because it is an illness and a disease. Some people are able to cope with it more than others. Yes. There's a disconnect within you. It's hard for that person to think with reason and sense at that moment when they're trying to hurt themselves because all they want to do is get off that 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 sad and low feeling and that pain they just want to get away from it and is i want this to end and so usually depression leads to suicide yes and so yeah and if you don't have that that strong belief in god and that mentality of okay i can do this lord just help me through this phase just get me through it i have people to live for i got family and friends it, you may not survive it so what have you learned about what triggered your depression so for me my so I, I have a therapist and a psychiatrist and what they figure is that my 
anxiety depression is called a seasonal depression. And so during certain seasons, especially when it's about to be winter or close to the beginning of spring, based on some impact that happened to me while I was in the military, that's when I started to have these feelings because I started to think back about the trauma. And so so seasonal. So the weather will will try to will trigger it and then I'll try to think of stuff to do with my group therapy. I have a box and I write down positive things and I try to grab one of those and try to read it out. You can do it. Take each day at a time. Stuff like that. Just to feed that good vibe inside of you to let go of the bad ones. Of the bad ones. And that's and that's a good that's a good trick to trick your mind too. Yes, and so I have a box. This I got from one of my therapists in a box, and she we just write stuff in it. I'm beautiful. Everything happens for a reason. God is with you. Just little things that you know, positive things. Put it in the box. If you're feeling those feelings, try to get one of those and read it to yourself over and over and over again to get rid of the negative thoughts. And that also, I think, help um, take away some of the blame from off of you, too, because if we have no one else to look around but ourselves and say, oh, my God, it's all me. It's because of me why I feel this way. So if you could say, you know, everything happened for a reason and the universe play a part in, in it, too, you're more in agreement with the phase that you're going through right now and that you will get out of it. Exactly. And then because of my faith, because, you know, they say God will give you anything that you can't bear. So I'm like, okay, this happened for a reason. It's making me stronger, but still... At times, you feel weak. Yeah, and it's a and test. You're overcome. Okay, so I spoke to um, Dr. Katz um, earlier, and she states that your diet have a lot to do with your mental health and how you operate and how your body function. How has that been true to in your life and your battle with depression? Um, I think that that's a true statement, but it's just for everything in general. I don't really think that it has to be with mental health alone. Just take, for example, if you eat a lot of candy, then you, you're on a sugar rush. You're on that high, and then once you stop eating it, and you then you, the rush starts to come down, and your body starts to feel different. And so it's not the same. And the same thing with depression. With depression, your mood changes so much that you need to eat healthy foods. You just have to. Because if you keep drinking coffee, you keep eating sugary stuff, then your your, your emotions and your, your physical being is keep going up and down, up and down, where you want to stay balanced. And then I do take medication. So if you're taking medication, you can't just be eating any and anything. That's going to just mess up your balance. That's so true. So I agree with her. You definitely have to eat healthy, drink water. And I don't remember who told me this, but somebody told me, and so that's what I've been doing. How much you weigh, divide it by two, and that's the amount of water you need to, you need to drink every day. So I've been trying to do that. So yeah, you definitely have to eat healthy. If you're suffering from mental health disorders, you need to have a healthy body to have a healthy mind. Oh, well, yeah. And she also said too that, you know, um, doctors in general and psychiatrists, they don't really, in school, they don't really teach them about nutrition for your, your patients and how that factor into their health. And she also said that, you know, um, every psychiatrist and doctor should look at their patient weight, body type, to determine the doses of medication that they should get. And she thinks that that's one of the problems within the medical field. I totally agree. So I'll just give you a little background. So I do have a degree in psychology and I'm a couple weeks away from getting my master's. 
pastors and human services counseling. And they definitely, <laughs> yes, and they definitely don't teach us anything about that while we're going through to get our degree, our licensure. So that is very important because the way our body looks sometimes is the way we feel. So if we look a certain way, then in our mind, we're feeling a certain way. And we need to have a healthy body and our medication should match up with our body weight so that whatever we take will balance us out. And I do have a psychiatrist and you know, I might have to bring this up to her because she just prescribed, prescribed. She don't even know how much I weigh. And if whatever she's given me will work, what they do do is ask you, did this, did this work? Can we, do we need to increase? Do we need to decrease your, your prescription? But they never ask how much you weigh. Will this be okay for your body as a whole? So I agree with her. That's part of the problem. That definitely is something that needs to be looked into. So do you feel that society is, um, very acceptance of those who struggle with mental health? And if not, what should we do as a society or a part of society that do not struggle with mental health as opposed to those who do struggle with mental health? What can we do to make it better, to make it more acceptable and understandable? There's a stigma around mental health. If you have a disorder, if you have anxiety, depression, bipolar, you need to keep it quiet and nobody should know it should be this dark secret. When it shouldn't be, because if your if your mental health is not well, everything else will, will go to the wayside. And as society as a whole, they they'll, they'll dibble dabble in mental health. They have a movie about mental health, or they'll do this about mental health, but it's not really true to what those disease really do to an individual. So they try to make profit off of it. Instead of doing that, they should actually come out and have outreach programs. Society as a whole, when it's Mental Health Month, they should have PSAs broadcasting it, letting people know it's okay to seek help. It's okay for you to go talk to someone. It's okay for you to not be okay and then seek help for it instead of hiding it away and pushing it to the side and saying, oh, that person is just crazy. Oh, you know, that person just, just, oh, they, they just always been like that. And then making it like a joke. And then just using mental health words as a regular part of, because I'll see, I'll watch TV and they'll be like, oh, this person is bipolar and they start to laugh or TikTok and they have a, oh, they're just so crazy. And then next thing you know, we have another school shooting. Instead, we're not taking it seriously. Right. Instead of just saying, okay, as supposed to taking something so seriously as a joke, I have to say, okay, let's train people that does not suffer from this disorder how to deal with people that do. And there are actually courses for it. And you know what? Every state actually have, uh, like here, in, I live in Georgia. In Georgia, we have the Georgia Mental Health Department or for the state. So every state actually does have that. They just not advertising that or advocating it more for others. So if all the state will get with the media and have them, you know, this is Mental Health Month. This is what our program does. Here is what people can do to recognize mental health and to if they see somebody in need, these are what they should be looking for. And here's the information that we have. Here's five steps for you to recognize that someone is going through a crisis and call this number. Okay, so do you think that, you know, when you look on TV and you listen to the radio or wherever you are, there's all these images in front of your face of this image that society have as perfection. Whether you look uh, like a woman or a man, there's just this image that if you don't look like this, there's something wrong with you. Do you think that that contributes to people's depression and low self-esteem? 
Absolutely. Especially if they're younger. Because, you know, the brain isn't fully developed until, what, you're 22, 23? Yeah. So if a 15-year-old is watching something like that and saying, so this is what I need to do to be perfect, and their body type, God didn't make them like that. They're never going to be like that. So now they're trying to starve themselves, or they're trying to go and get implants, and then they're, they're, they're disfiguring their body, and then that starts to play into their mind. And then they become depressed because the person that they're looking up to, they're not looking like that person. And they become depressed, they become suicidal, and then they have an, maybe anorexic. So yes, it does. So trying to live up to this unimaginable standards that they have out there does, does do that. Instead of us teaching more and more for us to know that we are all different individuals and to accept ourselves as we are. As we are, and that's how we were made. And we're all beautiful, no matter our size, shape, color, race, or creed. Yeah, Dr. Katz definitely touched on that and saying that, you know, there's this thing called inner directive, and a lot of us in society are more susceptible to conform to these things other than accepting ourselves as who we are. Yeah, because we don't want to be left out. That's the whole thing. We don't want to be left out. We don't want them to say, oh, that person isn't one of us. Uh, oh, I feel you don't want to be left out. You want to conform and say, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm with the in group. Yeah, because nobody want to be standing there. Nobody want to exactly want to yeah. be different. When different isn't bad. You don't want to be different. You need to be yourself. A lot of people are having a hard time being themselves because they're portraying what they see on TV or radio or social media. And being different, we could all learn from each other too. That's the thing we're missing out on. Exactly. Multiculturalism. We need that. If we're all the same and we all look the same and speak the same, that would make no sense. And we all need different perspective, you know, in order exactly. for us to grow and become a better society. Exactly. And so by society doing that, they're indirectly affecting young kids to develop mental health disorders because they're trying to achieve standards that's not achievable. And I also like to say, too, that. Yes, it's um, detrimental for young kids, but also adults that suffer from a lot of childhood trauma too and never really truly get to know themselves and then having all this pressure in the workplace and even all around them because they're susceptible to all these images too and it portraying to them. So, you know, they act out too and there's these angers and aggression and grown people and they don't know how to properly deal with it because of all these things that keep on being pushing from them from childhood on. Exactly. Don't know how to challenge it. And if they want to go back, but if society will, will advocate that it's okay to go to therapy. Yes. A lot of people don't, do not want to go to therapy. And I'm from Jamaican background, and a lot of people don't believe in going to therapy. Yes. And, oh, that's not. No, it's okay to go and speak to someone and talk about your issues and get the help that you need. It's okay to let it out because that's healthy yes. when you let it out. And then you could reflect back on it and you could see the picture actually more clearer in front of your face. Exactly, and deal with your trauma instead of having it fester on the inside. And then you go out and do something that you're not supposed to do because you're doing it in a, in a negative manner. And then if you go to a therapist, you could just clear your mind. The right therapist, I must push to... Um you know, we have to find the right therapist there. And I believe that, you know, we have to start training some of our therapists differently. Exactly. And you need to go to someone that will connect on your level. 
that will connect with you. You know that they're going to guide you in the right direction. Not just going to go because this one has this accolade because you never know what's behind that. You need to go find someone that you can connect with and that who will hear your story and be on that journey with you. Well, thank you so much, Alicia Marie. I really um, appreciate you um, participating in this segment today. Um, it's something that is so important now for us to deal with in our society. Like I stated before, you know, we've seen people acting out more and more every day. And this is a big issue that needs to become to the forefront. And we really need to tackle it head on before it escalates way out of control, which I believe that is out of control already, but for it to even go further. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it needs to start being on the forefront instead of being kept in the dark. Yes. It's okay to seek help. It's okay to have a disorder. It's not okay to hide it and then use that in a negative way. Yeah, and it's okay, you know, um, for you to feel down. You know, no one is perfect, so it's okay. But let's find a way when you're feeling that way, somewhere that you can reach out to and feel comfortable. Exactly. Yes. So um, definitely um, that's very important um, thing that we learned today that seek the right counselor. Don't be afraid to be yourself and definitely speak out and find someone that you trust in that you could air your aggression out to, which is very important. Yes. I wish you all the best with your studies and the best in your future endeavors. Thank you very much and thanks for having me. You're welcome. Mental illness should never be an isolated disease and no one should be made to feel alone. If you anyone out there that is feeling depressed or having to a suicidal thought, please reach out to the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. The number is 1-800-273-8255. Once again, thank you for joining me for another episode of the Meaningful Talk Podcast. New episode of the Meaningful Talk podcast drop every Wednesday on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and via our YouTube channel, Meaningful Talk.